Hey, I hope you're having a great day today. Welcome to Daily Dose. Hope you join us today as we dive into scripture and we take a look at what God's word has to say for us today. Hey, how are you doing today? It is November 20th and welcome to Daily Dose. You know what? Let's just kick the hornet's nest today. We're going to talk about something that is probably one of the most controversial and debated topics in society today. What is a woman's role in the church? And my answer may surprise you. Uh, It probably won't, but it might. I hope that it doesn't. So what is a woman's role today? So today, I want to talk about Paul's urging for a peaceful and quiet life and how interesting and desirous this is, but also how women uh, were, how do I put this tactfully? Women struggled with the freedom that the church gave them. I know that's a really weird statement because oftentimes when we think of the church, we think of it as ultra oppressive to women and we have to uh, fight for women's rights in, in, in the church. But the reality was Christianity gave women a lot of freedom. And the reality is historically, we look at this in as we look at this in context, we have to be sure that we look at this in the context of the scripture and in the context of history to truly understand where we are. Look with me. You'll see what I'm talking about. Look with me in, 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 in 1 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 8. I desire then in every place that men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise, also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly attire. Ooh, let's kick this hornet's nest. So the oddest part of this is as Paul is writing in this, Paul is speaking about prayer. In fact, when we look at the, the context of 1 Timothy 2, we're looking at this idea of prayer. What is What on earth does dress have to do with prayer? And uh, it, it, it really does. It's, it's very important. If you look at the tr- the local church in context, prayer is the most important aspect of the local church. In fact, a pastor and I uh, went to lunch uh, last uh, uh, last week, and so as we were at lunch uh, for the Kentucky Baptist Convention, uh, we asked the waiter. Uh, she came and she was waiting on us. And we just asked her, say, Hey, we're pastors. We pray. Can, what can we pray for you about? And she, she told us that she would like us to pray for her kids and, uh, you know, her family in this time. And so we, we just sat there and we prayed with her, uh, and just encouraged her through that time. Because as a pastor, one of my most important responsibilities besides handling the word of God is to intercede for my flock. Uh, 
if you are if you're a church member of, of mine at Licking River, I pray that you know that I pray for you daily. Uh, I pray for you all constantly. I pray for you guys by names. I, I have a list that I go through and I basically reach out to people and just kind of check up with them and just say, hey, how are you doing? What can I be praying for you about? I want you to know that I'm praying for you. And I try to do this pretty consistently, but every single day I am interceding in prayer. Uh, and so I'm getting a little off topic. So what on earth does a tire have to do with prayer? You see, when where Paul is I'm sorry, where Timothy is in Ephesus was a very Hellenistic society. And so if you remember a couple weeks back, we talked about Hellenism and the, the worship of the appeasement of gods, because at any moment, these gods could just sniff you out of existence if they were displeased. And so a woman's role in the Hellenistic church was to please God with their dress. And so you would dress yourself up. You would wear fancy gowns. You would uh, adorn yourself in jewelry. Your, your entire job as a woman in the Hellenistic church was to basically have a God choose you as their mate. Uh, and this is something that was, uh, believed that was, that we go, that you can look at and you can look through history and see, well, the problem was when Christianity came, these women had to transfer their thinking, uh, to the modern church. And so what Paul is, is addressing here is not a, uh, it is a, it is an issue of modesty, but it is not an issue of modesty that I think we can understand in the 21st century. Think about it this way. We are very liberal in how we dress. If you were to go to, for say, Miami, you would see people in swimsuits walking around consistently. If you were to then go to, let's say, India, if you were in a swimsuit, you would be arrested and beaten uh, as a woman uh, or even as a man, really. If you are showing leg, if you are showing a lot of skin uh, in that context, you would be arrested and beaten. And so it's important for us to place historical context in this to understand that women going to the temple to worship Yahweh, God, the one true God, their mindset was so ingrained in having to dress up, so ingrained in having to appease God for their life uh, that they believe that their outward appearance was what God desired. But as you know, God does not desire our outward appearance because if he did, he sure would have saved my ugly mug. God desires our heart. And this is what Paul is truly addressing. Now we can use this verse. Now I've heard this verse be used uh, to talk about, you know, women should not show ankle. Women should uh, only wrap themselves up in burkas. Uh, this is not honestly what this verse is addressing. What this verse is addressing is a transformation in culture. Because these women's ideas is as they would go to prayer meetings, as they would go to pray, they would adorn themselves in their nicest jewelry to therefore appease God. That was how their prayer life went in the Hellenistic church. And Paul, what Paul's trying to address here is a transformation in culture and saying, no, 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 no. God does not desire your outward beauty. God desires your heart. And so you don't need all of these things. You don't need braided hair. You don't need this jewelry to appease God. God doesn't need any of that. God needs your heart. You see, where, say, for example, Zeus desired 
a woman's outer beauty. God desires your heart. And so, first of all, women, I want to apologize. If the church has ever attacked you for something that you've worn. Secondly, I want to warn you that modesty truly is grace. We talk about this idea, when we talk about this, uh, this concept of modesty, I think our first response is one to attack. Women are important. In fact, uh, Vance Hoover says that woman is the best thing on earth. Women uh, were last at the cross and first to the tomb. The church owes a debt to their faithful women, uh, which this church can never estimate. To say that we owe no debt uh, is wrong. In fact, Elizabeth Elliott says it is in willing submission rather than grudging capulation that a woman in the church, whether married or single, uh, and the wife in the home finds their fulfillment. And what she's talking about uh, in that quote is finds their commitment in modesty because modesty shows us true spiritual beauty. We see that in first Peter chapter three. You see, godliness uh, in, in, in all of this context comes down to this. And it's extremely important for us to di, uh, dissect and understand. God does not desire your outward beauty. Now, let that sink in for a moment because our society, your value is a, a lot of times based on your outward beauty. And, and so I would tell you, to be modest, be modest for the sake, for the sake, uh, of being spiritually righteous. And and I'm going to get myself in trouble and I need to stop. Uh, a lot of times we say you need to dress modest to, uh, to not tempt men. Men should know better first off, but second off, it comes down to this question. And this problem, if your heart belongs to Jesus, why would you feel the need to dress that way? If your heart belongs to Jesus, why would you desire a need to dress that way? Go read 1 Peter chapter 3. Go read this idea of modesty and spiritual righteousness. Go read this, this, this encapsulating. You just stop. I'm gonna get myself in trouble. I just want you to know, I love you. I do. Uh, I wanted to address that, and I wanted to just say uh, that this is addressing how we come to God in prayer. So your prayer life needs to reflect your heart, and your heart needs to be one of modesty because Jesus's heart was one of modesty. How that hopefully came across right. Hope you have a fantastic day and I'll see you tomorrow.